Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Think minimalism means a perfectly curated, always tidy home? Think again. Drowning in tides of toys, overflowing closets, and a crazy schedule, Rochelle Crawford assumed you had to be naturally organized to keep a tidy living space. Then she found minimalism, the messy, real-life kind. That is less about perfection and more about purpose. Becoming a messy minimalist is not about turning into someone else. It's about clearing away clutter and expectations to unearth who you really are. So join me today as I speak with Rochelle about her journey into messy minimalism and how we can inspire those around us to begin their own step into minimalism, whether big or small. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. And my challenge to you this week is to share the podcast with a friend. We are one month out from 2022, and I'm sure that you can think of someone that might benefit from the idea of minimalism in their life. Again, and you'll hear this reiterated today on the podcast, small steps make big change, and oftentimes it will snowball into a complete overhaul. As always, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews, and following along on social media. Now for my minimalist moment of the week. I shared a post over on Instagram in regards to Black Friday and just the mix of emotions I feel regarding that. Is it? I don't know if it's considered a holiday, but the monumentous day. Anyways, this episode will go live on the Tuesday post Black Friday, but I did want to share a few thoughts here. And this can be moving forward, not just in regards to Black Friday. It's moving forward in regards to impulsivity. And I think as we're finishing our Christmas shopping this season, I want to remind you, don't be impulsive. This is a season where we can be generous and we can gift one another some of our favorite things, some of the things that feel frivolous at other times of year. So I think that that's an exciting thing and I do like to make it special in that way. That said, I think that sometimes we can look at the things that we've already purchased and feel like it's not enough or we didn't get it right and we go out and spend more money that we didn't budget for that we don't have or that we don't need to spend, truthfully. So maybe take this as my encouragement, reminder, advice to you that you don't need to be impulsive. If you have been following a list of gift ideas for friends and family members, stick to it and be confident in that list. I mean, it's why you created it in the first place, right? To take it back to the Instagram post, I talked about the pull that we feel to participate in the legendary shopping day was what I said on Instagram. Um, I think we can also feel this pull towards creating this perfect romanticized idea of what Christmas morning should be or what those moments when we're opening gifts with our loved ones should be. But you need to step back and consider your intentions and to buy just to buy does seem careless. I'm sure some of you are sitting there and you're frustrated with me because you are a gift giver, which actually, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast before, but my love language is actually gift giving. So I totally get it. But I think again, it goes back to our intentions and the fact that it's a good discipline to not be impulsive. And obviously that goes for anything, even outside of shopping. 
it's not necessarily easy, but it's important. And if the goal here is to think more and do with less, I encourage you to apply that into your holiday shopping this season. All right, now for my conversation with Rochelle Crawford. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. As I just said to you before we hit record, I know that you joined me before, but for listeners that didn't listen to that episode back, gosh, I think it was last fall during the series that I had on decluttering the home. Which room were you again? I did kids clothes. That's right. Okay. Kids clothes. Yes. So for those of you listening today, why don't you go ahead, reintroduce yourself and then we'll start our conversation. Yeah. So my name is Rochelle Crawford. I uh, write over at AbundantLifeWithLess.com. I'm a mom of three kids, ages 11, nine, and six. Um, I've been married to my husband, who was my high school sweetheart for, I think, 17 years now. Yeah, I live as a minimalist as of five years ago. I used to live an extremely cluttered and chaotic life and decluttered five years ago, went minimalist, and we've been living that way ever since. So that's what I write about, practical strategies and real-life minimalism. Yes. And you have a new book coming out called Messy Minimalism. And when is the release date for this? Uh, Tuesday, December 7th. Perfect. Well, I want to talk about messy minimalism and its realistic strategies for the rest of us. So that's something that I really try to preach on my show and with my Instagram as well is just, it's going to look different for everyone, but also it doesn't have to look like some of these Pinterest minimalist that we're seeing or just that it makes us feel bad. And that's kind of one of my first questions that I have for you. As I was starting your book, you had this aha moment. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what your aha moment was to push you into minimalism. When you had this moment happen to you, was it the tipping point or like, did you have that experience because everything had been building? I don't know if that makes sense. So I'll let you explain a little bit more and go into it from there. Definitely. Oh, it had been building. So like I said, I have always lived a really cluttered life. And when I got married and started having kids, I just continued to accumulate more stuff. I thought that's just what you did and what you needed to do and prepare for what ifs and have everything you need just in case. So our home was really um, full of stuff. On top of that, I tend to be a messier person. I kind of like leave trails wherever I go. So we could clean our house. And if you came over to visit, um, you might not notice all the clutter because we would like move everything from the kitchen into the laundry room and everything from the living room up into our bedroom and kind of make it look nice. But the way we lived every single day was just kind of cluttered in piles of stuff kind of randomly throughout the house. But it really started to get to me. Like I never liked being home because it was so overwhelming and I did not realize it was the stuff. I just kind of thought I was a really bad homemaker and that's the way I was wired. So I would make our calendars really busy and I would schedule play dates and activities and just try to get out into the house. So I, w- I never really had time to recharge um, and refresh and I didn't like being home. And so that kind of built within me. And I went to um, a mom group at our church uh, every other Wednesday. In this particular Wednesday, this woman came to speak about healthy meal planning. And she just sidestepped for a second and started talking about a recent move that her family had made. And um, but how the packing wasn't that difficult because they were minimalists and she had five kids. And in that moment, it was the biggest aha for me 
I just realized like, oh my word, my stuff is the problem, not me. Like I have been trying to manage more than I'm capable of managing. And from there I went home and just started decluttering our house like a crazy person. My husband came home and he was like, what is happening? And he was a little concerned, like, okay, wait, if you get rid of all this stuff, are you just going to buy more stuff? Which has always been my go-to, but I didn't. I knew that we had to enact a spending freeze and kind of just change the way we approached material possessions from then on. And I think for a lot of people, they might experience the same thing, where all of a sudden you realize this stuff is too much. So I think it's different for every single person. I know people who are naturally wired towards minimalism, but people like me, I think we need to have... Um, a rude awakening and kind of like a rock bottom moment for um, it, it, that's exactly what happened to me. So, and you said, I had no idea it was possible for real people to implement minimalism into their everyday lives. And I think that that is something that gets people caught up again. I think that people will compare themselves and I want to talk about your title, messy minimalism. A lot of that is breaking down some of the, not stereotypes, but maybe some of the constructs we've built in our mind of what minimalism looks like. So talk a little bit more about that when you first started pursuing minimalism to what it looked like maybe a few months after even today. Yeah. So I didn't really realize minimalism was something that I could implement into my life. I kind of pictured it being more for like the single guy living in a van, you know, traveling around the world. Like that would have been what a minimalist was. And when I realized this mother of five, called herself a minimalist and lived with less stuff, I started to, you know, that's when I realized maybe I can do this too. Though I want, though I realized it, it was something that I could implement, I still tried to kind of force my home into this, you know, like a, I picture it like a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. Like I just could not make my home look minimalist. Like I Googled how to become a minimalist and creating a minimalist home. And I found lots of excellent information and inspiration, but I also found stuff that really felt like it placed it out of reach for me. Though I didn't, you know, stop trying to get there. I really tried to create, like I wanted my kids to get on board and create their bedrooms to look a certain way. I wanted my house to remain always tidy all the time. And I hit a wall like a few months in where I realized that this is not working. Like this minimalism thing, maybe this is for this is for other people. And I kind of had to, you know, to take two different paths here. I could just abandon it all or I could find a minimalism that worked for my real life. And that's where messy minimalism came from is kind of like letting my kids be who they are, letting me be a, you know, my naturally messy self, but creating a home that could hold it all and be easily put away. And I started to realize that minimalism doesn't mean always tidy. It just means easily tidy. So we just started eliminating the things we didn't use and it made space for the stuff we do. Um, you know, my daughter crafts in our dining room is a craft room right now. Um, it's messy a lot. And I've just kind of let go of that where before I really wanted our home to look always put together. I was afraid someone would come over, know that I call myself a minimalist and then call me a liar. And it really has nothing to do with the way your home appears at, at every given moment of the day, but how it allows you to live your everyday life and how it, how you're able to rest in that home and how it um, just brings out the best in you and every member of your family. I think there's a fear for myself that someone might come to my house and be like, oh, you're not a minimalist. Or I see that pile of books over there. You're not a minimalist. And I think that that is something that I've had to just ignore because there's really no standard. I mean, 
I think, again, the goal is to, I always say rid our homes of what's superfluous of what we don't truly love. But again, you can go down the whole Marie Kondo mentality of, does this hammer really spark joy? Not necessarily, but I need to own it. So there is no standard. And I want to break down the idea that it does, like you said, have to look like a sparse white walled bachelor pad type home when we have kids, because it just doesn't seem attainable and then people won't pursue it. So I guess, what are some strategies that you would suggest to people that they could recommend to their friends that might want to dabble in it, but they're put off by that type of aesthetic? I think it just starts by living, living a minimalist lifestyle for yourself. And the, you know, it, it becomes kind of contagious. People ask me about it even early on, like, what are you doing? Um, and as I created more time in my day and um, less clutter in my home and things started to change around here, people started to ask me about it. At first, my husband wasn't even on board. Uh, he came home, like I said, he came home that day and was like, no, thank you. What are you doing? Like, he wasn't interested in joining me at all, but I didn't care because I was on a mission. I can only really get rid of the stuff that is my stuff to get rid of, right? So I didn't, I think to get our families on board is the most important first step. And that starts by modeling it and taking a first step with your own stuff. I think it's tempting to try and get our kids on, on board immediately. I really did. I really wanted my kids to be like, this is amazing, mom, you were right. But it, it took time and it took me going first. And I think we have to pay attention to the things like though we want to get our families on board quickly it's more important to pay attention to the things that you shouldn't do than the things you should do. Don't nag them. No one was ever nagged into minimalism. Don't force stuff out of their hands because and force them to declutter things that they love or that they play with um, or any of their stuff. Honestly, I think that taking a slower approach with your kids is really important. And I personally, I know a lot of people who have gone through and you know decluttered their kids stuff when they weren't home. And depending on the age, there is certainly a space to do that. But I think that that's a slippery slope and it, and it can leave our kids resenting the very thing you're trying to, to do, uh, implement into your home to give yourself um, more time with them. So really just modeling it, I think, is step number one to getting anybody to desire this lifestyle that has been so transformative for you. Do you have people in your life that? have said, have said that to you, I guess, have said, I want to pursue more of a lifestyle like you, Rochelle, but I, I don't think it's for me. Like, I don't think I can get there. I don't know. There's people that say like, I want to, and I could never, there's people who are like, I would never, like, I just, I have friends who are like, you're insane and you need to hang more stuff on your walls and you know, (laughs) it's all in good fun. But then I have other people who you know, see our home and how it's transformed everything from yes, my home in the spaces, but to how I spend my time and the things I commit to and what I say yes to. And yeah, they ask me about it all the time. I agree with you. I think it's living that lifestyle so that others can see that. And I'm, I'm the same way. I don't really think I have, actually, you know what? I take that back. I do have people in my life that say, oh, I could never do that. It's it, Some do say, I don't want to do that, but some just think I don't know. Some just think that it's so unattainable. And I guess that's why I really like your book. And I like women that make it more realistic and not so just tied up in a bow, especially with Instagram. We can make things look a certain way when they're really not, especially behind the scenes, you know? Oh, absolutely. Even, I mean, I try and really display there's parts of my home that I'll never show on Instagram just because they're not my, my 
areas of the room. You know, my kids aren't super into me showing pictures of their bedrooms. So I honor that. But I have found myself like, you know, kicking a couple Nerf bullets to the side to take a picture of something. And it's like, that's not the point, but it's so tempting to do because we want, I don't know, it's just kind of always in the back of your mind. So I do my best really to just show what our home is like, um, especially this art space. I'm sitting in here right now recording this and there is Mm -hmm. sewing stuff and Legos and Kiwi Crate stuff. And it's just, it's just is what it is. And it won't always be that way. And I think it's, I, I don't want to trade these moments in this, you know, the uniqueness of each of my kids for a perfectly curated home. I'm just not interested in that. My mil- my minimalism is more about making space for me to be fully present in my life and to soak up these moments and experiences. And I, I'm just not interested in force feeding my kids minimalism because the point isn't that when they're grown up, they're going to have clutter free counters and, you know, uh, capsule wardrobes. No, it's it's really that they will have grown into who they were made to grow into, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That they'll prioritize generosity and experiences and not, you know, feel so tempted to dive into every new trend. That to me is what raising minimalist kids is all about. It's not about creating the home that's picture perfect. And when they're gone and moved on from here, you know, my home might, well, hopefully look a little different, but Mm -hmm. um, every season, comes, you know, new stuff, less stuff, more stuff. It's kind of just been a wave for us. If you're someone listening that wants to encourage, especially going into the new year, encourage a family member or friend on their own journey, they don't have to start with the whole house. If there's an area I think that really overwhelms someone, just start in that room and then see how it goes. And you're not doing like a complete overhaul. Even if you just went into your kitchen and were like, I'm going to get rid of anything that's a duplicate item in here, or I'm going to get rid of any appliance or put it in a box for three months of things that I really don't use. It really doesn't have to be a complete overhaul. I tend to think that once people start, it gets really addictive, but I think that that's another way to kind of make it, uh, it makes it the messy minimalism that you're talking about is that it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with you. Starting with just one space, pick a space that will have the biggest impact on your day to day without overwhelming you, right? Like don't take your storage room in the basement or your garage maybe is a little overwhelming. That was something for us, but pick an area that will, that will impact your every day in a way that, you know, allows the work that goes into it to just really benefit your day, change the way you get ready in the morning, or, you know, maybe it's your dining room or your living room where you hang out with your family, make it a space that you can all enjoy and just enjoy the benefits of that minimalism. And like you said, I think it, I think it will snowball. Um, And you know, if you want to get friends on board and people to join you, I think that's so important. Um, Having a community, you know, I found a lot of friends online that are into decluttering and that was really helpful. Just getting inspiration but ask a friend to, to declutter with you. Maybe you are interested in going totally minimalist from top to bottom in your home. And you have a friend who's like, well, I would just like a clutter-free kitchen, you know, hold each other accountable. And I think learn from each other's mistakes. And, you know, you can text each other when you make mistakes. And yeah, just really use your friend as kind of like somebody to hold you accountable, I think is a great way to continue on. I think that's helped me. I have a, a good friend here who's really simplicity focused. And I'll always text her. Um, Even if there's something you want to get rid of and your kids won't get rid of, I don't know. I'll just text her and vent about it and then move on. Absolutely. 
I think the minimalists talk about that too. When they did their packing party, if people listening are familiar, when they packed up everything in the one room and they only pulled out, I think it was after 30 days or maybe it was two weeks that they pulled out what they needed and then they donated the rest. But they say that you can do that with friends. It really does help the accountability and the motivation to do it with someone else, especially if you're further along in your minimalist journey than someone else. But your whole point of your book is to, I mean, it's realistic strategies for the rest of us, but I really want to focus in on with this episode in particular, helping people in our lives that just have this unrealistic idea of what it it could be. Oh yeah. When I first went minimalist, I had a family member come over and was just kind of totally teasing lovingly, but giving me a hard time. Like, you're not a minimalist. Are you kidding me? Look at this place. And I think that is just a preconceived idea people have about minimalism is that it has to look a certain way or that it has to get to a certain place really quickly. And that's just not the case. I, what we own in our home is going to look totally different. I kind of like to picture it like a coat closet, Mm -hmm. like here in Michigan right now, it just snowed this week. And now I'm pulling out boots and snow pants and stuff that other people in other parts of the world aren't going to have in their coat closets right now. And then in the summer, we move all that stuff to the basement and we bring out the cracks. And I just picture if you picture your life kind of like a coat closet, no matter what season of life you're in, it's going to look different than somebody else. It's going to look different than it did a couple months ago, right? It's always going to be changing. But the point is to only keep the things you're actually using, only um, add things to your life that that you I mean, what, what good does it do if you pack your coat closet full of a bunch of fishing poles and you never go fishing, right? Like, Keep the things that you need that you use and don't feel the need to add to, st- to your home, even if it's minimalist inspired decor. Like what is the point if it doesn't fit your real life, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I will notice that when I am at Target and I'll walk by the, it's, is it Hearth and Home? Is that Joanna Gaines line? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Her stuff is so simple and minimalist, if you will. But I'm like, I don't need that just because it's minimalist. I don't need to bring that into my home. I don't actually need that. It's it's nice and it's appealing to me. But I think that we can have this idea of when we do overhaul, oh, I just need to make it look a certain, like, I don't know. And maybe I'm being redundant in what I'm saying right now, but I do think that you're right that we can bring these things into our homes that are not necessarily us being minimalist. They just look minimalist. So we want them. Right. When you declutter your closet, there's this idea like I have to create a capsule wardrobe now because I'm a minimalist and minimalist wardrobes look a certain way. So you like can there's it's tempting to just declutter a bunch of clothing and then go buy the pieces that create the capsule wardrobe, which that's just kind of the opposite Mm -hmm. minimalism, right? We don't need to add more things to our life to become more minimalist. We, we just start mm-hmm. eliminating things and however fast or slow that you need to move, your pace is your pace. And it's just about creating a home that serves you. Um, I feel so for so long, I just, I, I, I bought things I thought I needed. I added decor to my, I, I mean, I'm not super good at decorating. That's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kept trying and I would go get more stuff and try and balance out this room and balance out that room. It never worked for me. Like I I started to realize like as I eliminated things from my home, what I was searching for was white space, was clearer areas. I was trying to just add more and more to my home to Mm -hmm. create this beautifully looking home when really in reality, what I needed personally was less stuff. No, that's a hundred. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. I feel like that's 
we do try and clutter things. And I especially think that when people move into a new home, they're just like, how can I decorate this? And it's like, maybe just take some time. You don't have to do it all now. Yeah. Oh, I would have done the same thing. Like if I move, we have this room, you have to buy this furniture, what pieces need to go here, you Mm -hmm. know, what needs to go on the wall. And then this wall needs to be balanced out. And it's just like, it's so consuming when really, yeah, I agree. Move at a slow pace and getting married. Oh my word. The number of things my husband and I registered for Mm -hmm. that we even used at the time and then continued to not use for years. We kept stuff on the shelves in our basement that were wedding gifts that I registered for and people generously gave me, but I never needed in the first place. If I could go back in time, I would just start all over, but we can't, right? And we get to just start today and eliminate what we don't need and teach our kids a better way. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a great conversation. Like I said, I hope it inspires people just to have conversations even over Christmas with people that might want to start living differently and to continue living the way that you're living. And hopefully it inspires people, but where can they follow you for more of your tips on how to do this and to grab a copy of your book? Yeah. So the the book is available for pre-order where books are sold. You can learn more about the book. I um, have a website, messyminimalism.com, just dedicated to the book. Um, I'm on Instagram at Abundant Life with Less. And my website where I blog is AbundantLifeWithLess.com. All right. As we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you two questions that I ask every guest. And I actually am going to start switching around this first question. I used to do the minimalist moment of the week, but I feel like I've been doing that for four or five years. So I've, I want to know what are resources that you have that's just really benefited you in your life. It could be a book, a podcast, a documentary. Do you have something to share with us? Yes. I just recently finished reading uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And it is so good. Like I loved that book. And I, I'll just tell you, um, he talks about keeping your phone not by your bed. And I think I've read that like a thousand places, but for whatever reason, it really sunk in with this book. And I know I, for, uh, I think it was, I read this book like two months ago, but I don't keep my phone next to my bed. Um, any longer. I bought an alarm clock even, and it's just, I sleep better because of it. Anyways, I really loved this book. So I would highly recommend it. All right. My last question is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Well, with just, you know, a week left before my book launches, I guess I have to say my book. I am posting on Instagram about it all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just really excited. We're planning a little launch release party at um, a local bookstore. So I'm sure my sisters are ready to kill me because I keep texting them for advice (laughs) and stuff. But yeah, I guess I can't stop talking about my book right now. Yes, I highly recommend it. It is really approachable. I mean, it's a great holiday gift to someone too. Thanks so much. I wanted to make it a fun, light read. um, And I, I, yeah, I think, I think it turned out great. I'm, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Well, Rochelle, thank you so much again for joining me again on the Minimalist Moms podcast. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. What did you think of the episode? Is there someone in your life that could benefit from the message of minimalism? As Rochelle said in the episode, the best way we can help others is through our own example. You can also grab a copy of Messy Minimalism or Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, if you're so inclined to do so. What are your thoughts? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.